Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Sanchez, and this is the Rick Sanchez Latitude. That stands for Latino Attitude, by the way. And this is important. I have a story for you that is going to really make you think. It begins like this. So a family calls police because their mother and grandmother, she's 75 years old, is acting strange. By the way, my mother acts strange all the time, too. And she's also quite old. Now, this woman, she's in her own house, but she has dementia. And the family figures police will arrive and they'll figure it out. Maybe they can calm her down. Maybe they can take care of the situation. So essentially, they want police to de-escalate the drama, right? You get it? Now, do you think that's the right call? Police? De-escalate? See, I'm not sure. Those words, police and de-escalate, they, they usually don't go very well together. My thinking is this probably will not end well, but let's continue. So anyway, they call the police and the police show up and immediately they move the family away from grandma and they say, we got this, right? We got this. Everybody get out. Police department, can you guys step out for me? Please be very careful. Did you hear that? That's the daughter. Le está diciendo, she's saying, please. Be very careful with her. You heard what she said, right? Now, she's obviously worried, so she's telling the police about her mom. She doesn't want her mom to get hurt. Imagínate, es su mamá. You get it, right? Be nice to her, she's saying. She's just confused, that's all. Well, listen now to what happens as police immediately switch into confrontation, tactical field mode, rather than... Coño, de-escalation mode. Listen. Set it down. No, no, Set it down now. Back up. No, no, back up. Drop the knife. Drop the knife. Okay, back up. Back up now. Drop the knife. Drop the fucking knife. Drop the knife. Do it now. Drop the fucking knife. Drop the fucking knife. Do it now. Drop the fucking knife! Drop the knife! Do it now! Put him on the ground! Put him on the ground! Police are yelling at her, but she doesn't understand them because, well, she doesn't speak any English. And they, ellos no hablan español, right? So, nadie se entiende. I mean, at one point, the grandma's waving them to come in because she wants to show something to them. Like She thinks th the problem is. She's like, come on in, come on in. I, I want to help you understand the problem here. But they don't seem to understand what she's trying to say. She doesn't, she's asking for help and they don't even know that she's just asking them for help. So here they go with more F-bombs. It almost seems like they are confusing her now and making her crazy. And by the way, why the F-bombs? Why are you using so many F-bombs on a grandma? Listen to me. I mean, why not just take a step back? Why not assess the situation? And why are you treating her like she's Al-Qaeda? I mean, maybe this is part of a training. Maybe that's all it is. In fact, let's see what happens. Put it down now! Put it down! Put the fucking knife down! 
I'm good. We need to put her in cuffs and I need to check on them. Okay, I know. Look, this is tough to watch. This body cam video. It's blurred, obviously, but, you know, you can see police pumping at least two bullets into this older woman and they kill her right there on the spot, right there in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Now, you know what I worry about? You know what I worry about? I worry about people there in Las Cruces who heard about this and now when they need to call the police, they're going to say, hell no. I'm going to figure this out myself. I'm not going to call the police because they saw this. Maybe this is simply how police are trained. Anytime somebody threatens them or brandishes any type of weapon, they're, they're taught to aim, center mass, and shoot. Okay, Let, let's examine that. Not for nothing, but why does it seem like more often than not, police use that technique or that training on Latinos and African Americans? In fact, there are examples, listen to me, there are examples of non-Latinos and non-African-Americans literally attacking the police with weapons. Here, here's this woman slapping the crap out of a police officer, but then she just apologizes. I am sorry, I told him that twice. Now there's this guy, he starts beating the crap out of police officers, and this guy, he basically is half naked and he beats up three police officers and gets away. This guy's like a ninja, man. Who the fuck do you think you are? Oh, and this guy, unbelievable. He charges at a police officer with a weapon, either a broken bottle or a knife or something. And listen to what he tells the cop, two inches from his face. You're gonna die! Step back! You put that down now! She grabs the cop by her hair. Oh, and this one's wild. A woman attacks a female police officer and drags her to the ground by her hair. And listen to what they do. Let go of my hair! Stop hitting her! She won't let go, so the cop tells the other officers to get some scissors and cut her hair. Cut my hair. Seriously, cut my hair. Cut my hair. I don't care. Now we're watching a police officer on his back on the ground being hit over the head with a stick. Jerry, they're gonna hurt I guess you. Barry's now gonna jump in the squad car and drive away with the Barry. squad car. None of these people are Hispanic or African-American. Okay, now back to the Latina grandma, shot and killed. It happened May 16th. Well, guess what else happened around that same time? A white supremacist, 18 years old, who had come to believe what is professed on Fox News and other right-wing websites, that there's a secret plan in America right now. There's a secret plan going on to replace all white Christians with Latinos, you know, people like me, right? And African-Americans, I don't know, maybe people like you. And this guy believes this, so he decides to act. He explains that he wanted to go after all of them, including Latinos. But first he's gonna start with the African-Americans at a grocery store in Buffalo, a few hours from where he lives. So there he goes on a mission. He's mission-oriented. And there, listen to me, this guy opens fire and he starts killing people, kills 10, wounds three. And then after killing those people, he's all full of blood, you know, and he's brandishing the semi-automatic uh, assault rifle. And he waits outside the store for police to arrive. 
Remember, this guy, he just killed 10 people and he's brandishing a weapon. And here, let me read to you from the police report. It says it is a, quote, military-bred assault rifle equipped with a high-capacity ammunition magazine for the exact purpose of uh, for which it was designed, it says, to kill and injure as many people as quickly and efficiently as possible. That's what the police report says. So this guy is now, just like the Latina grandma, holding a weapon and threatening to kill himself. And what do police do? What do police do? Do they do the same thing they did with the Latina grandma in uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico? No. No. They arrive. They de-escalate the situation by talking to him. And here is what people there saw. There's the video. And they heard. For starters, there's no yelling. Maybe that's only reserved. Maybe you only yell at abuelas, right? Now, to be fair, and I want to be fair, by the time that this video was shot, he does seem to be already apprehended. But still, you you, you can't help but be struck by how workmanlike they are. Their demeanor, they seem almost calm, these police officers, as they converse with this killer. And they, they, they check him over to see if he has more weapons. They're preparing to place him in the back of a squad car while they're having a casual conversation with him. What's the takeaway here? Is there a double standard? Is there something inherent in the system? The men and women who wear the uniform, maybe the training, I don't know, you tell me. But this is important stuff. And as a Latino, I want nothing more than to respect police officers. My brother's a police officer. But we also have to ask some very tough and some very pointed questions. So joining us now is Sam Bregman. He's the attorney for Amelia Vaca. She is the 75-year-old woman who was shot and killed by police officers. Thank you, Counselor, for joining us. Let me begin with this. Sam, wh what do you see when you look at this video? Well, it's horrific to begin with. I mean, I don't know. There's the worst words that come to your mind. I mean, horrific, it's tr it's tragic, it is terrifying. Um, here we have a 75-year-old woman with dementia that the police knew had dementia. They show up at, to her front door and within 38 seconds, they've shot her twice. It's just so sad. There was one point that stuck with me because my mother also has memory issues uh, pretty bad at this point. And me and my brothers and my sister are having a tough time with it. But um, I saw myself in that one daughter who, as she's walking out, says to the police officer, and I'm, the, I think this is a pretty close quote, uh, be really careful with her, please. Take care of her. Like she was entrusting the police officer to take care of her mother. And yes. that just stuck that, with me, man. Yeah, well, it can stick with anybody that, that has family members that, that from that have mental health issues that may have, be in family um, that may have a, a family crisis at the time, a mental health crisis, and the officer knew that because of the phone call or the dispatch. He knew yeah. that because the family and and the family constantly. And you can't hear it necessarily all on the video. Please don't shoot her. Please don't shoot shoot her. And, and she's a Spanish speaker, um, uh, Miss Baco. And she doesn't understand English, and mm -hmm. but she is saying, "I'm sick, I'm sick," 
And, um, you know, it's so sad. This never needed to happen. It shouldn't have happened. There's one point also in the video. I've seen it so many times now, and I keep going back and replaying it because it's just so dramatic and so important for all of America to study this videotape, to understand ourselves better, maybe, and how we police, how we communicate with one another, how we handle situations like this. But there's one point where she says, Sam, uh, to the officer, and I speak fluent Spanish, obviously, and I can see what she's doing. Uh, she's inviting him in and says, I want to show you something. I want to show you the problem I'm having. Like she's trying to invite the officer into, even if it's her confused world, that she just wants him to help understand her dilemma and help her. And I saw that in the video, but I could tell that he didn't. Well, listen, he walked up there and immediately escalated the situation beyond belief. Instead of what they're trained to do and ordered to do, have a calming voice when dealing with somebody, especially with someone in a mental health crisis, especially with someone who doesn't speak your language, especially with someone who clearly is lost. And you can see that the second you look at her in this video, mm -hmm. instead of a calm voice, hey, could you put the knives down? Let's, let's, let's move forward. Let's see what's going on. Let's see how we can help you. Instead, dropping the F-bomb 10 times, screaming at the top of his lungs and her and just ratcheting it up 10 levels even more. When you saw the way the family members walked out, they walked out quickly but calmly when the yeah. officer told them to. What was his response? Ratcheted up. And, and, you know, as much as I appreciate what you saw in that video, I'll also tell you one more thing at the very end, right before he shoots her. He's with his left hand pointing down, and it goes up and down in the video. He's pointing up and down with his left hand. You can see her eyes track that hand, and she points to his hand, and hmm. she, you can tell, understands that means come here. Come to this spot. That's what she's thinking. She takes two steps forward, and he shoots her and kills her. You know, uh, police officers will say, we are trained. That when someone has a deadly weapon uh, and they can make that decision as to what is a deadly weapon, they are trained that if they feel if at any time that person is a threat to the officer, they have a right to shoot, quote unquote, center mass, which means they shoot to kill. That's the policy I hear police officers quote to me whenever I've covered stories like this. Is that what he did? And does that no. defend him? No, it does. There's no defense for what he did. And I have defended many police officers in police shootings. Mm -hmm. I've defended him on a criminal standard in, in court. I've had many trials with police officers. I've represented him and I've sued him for excessive force. This was outrageous behavior. <laughs> the, the Las Cruces Police Department had the audacity to point out that he has 70 hours of crisis intervention training. Well, wow. Is that what you get for 70 hours? I mean, it's ludicrous, right? The, yeah. That's the behavior you want. No. Listen, he didn't wait till more officers showed up to the residence. He didn't calm, use a calm voice. He didn't do anything to de-escalate. And then with his left hand, he's pointing downward, asking her basically to come to that spot. She at least can certainly interpret that despite him yelling at his loudest love. She's not understanding a word he's saying. And so, you know, no, this is not defendable. This is Can not defensible. Get, 
can, in can any you, way. Uh, part, uh, sorry, Sam, I, th- I thought you were finished. That's I apologize sorry. for interrupting. Can, can you get into his head or help us get into his head? Is it, as I was listening to him, and I say this in my coverage of this story, it seemed like he was treating her like she was Al Qaeda, um, and oh, yeah, what, yeah, like like immediately, right? immediately. You're right. Immediately, almost a a military type operation where you are going, you are going to listen to me, or else I'm going to shoot you. And despite the fact, again, that she couldn't understand a word he was saying, and she's got dementia, and she's in a mental health crisis, he somehow believes that that's helpful. I mean, it's almost as if, and people have told me this, that they've watched the video, that he walked up there looking to do this. And that, hmm. and that's that's as scary as it gets. Well, but see, but that, that, that's my point. I, I don't know. I haven't. I don't know him, and I suppose maybe this will come out in the trial if we get to a trial. I don't know if he has military training. He's a guy who came back from Iraq or Afghanistan, and as soon as he got there, he didn't see somebody's grandmother, a 75-year-old woman who doesn't know how to speak English. What he saw was the enemy, and yes. I must eradicate the enemy. That's almost That's what right. I felt he was doing, man. I don't. I Listen, I don't disagree with your interpretation of what you saw. You know, do we— if, if it was a seven-year-old, because quite frankly, at that point, her mental awareness of the of what was going on is like a seven-year-old with a knife. Do you blow away a seven-year-old with a knife, or do you try and talk? I mean, what what are we doing here? What what possible? Re- this, again, you come back to did it have to end this way? Of course it didn't. No. And then you know, even after he shoots her, um, she was still alive. And she's looking up, and then her head drifts down, and then he, t- he orders the other officer that's with him, pull her out of here, drag her out. He drags her out and says, keep her away from the knives. Instead of rendering aid, are you kid- You still think this woman is such a threat to you? Uh, it's it's a seventy-five just, uh, year, Yeah, a 75-year-old yeah. woman with two bullet, with two rounds to the chest is somehow— And you somehow- can see in the video, one of, them, one of them went out her back and went into the sofa behind her, and it— you know, I mean, those are the facts. Those are what we're left with to deal with. And and quite frankly, I am I am glad that recently New Mexico passed legislation that requires these body cam cameras on. Because, Me too. Because, you know, if these body cam cameras were not there, um, there might be a different story being told from the other perspective that is completely not true. Um, this is very helpful to us because the public has – listen, police officers have such a hard job. I think we I know. can all My brother's a police that. officer. Yes. I, I agree. It's, it is, it is a, sometimes a near impossible job. However, we have to hold them to the same standard we would of anybody else just because someone is standing there. But you can tell she's mentally incapacitated just by looking at her and looking at the way her actions are. You don't get to just blow them away. There's so many other things that could have happened. Back up. Give ground. There's so much more. And I get it. If If – if it's a different kind of assailant, perpetrator, subject, suspect, whatever word you want to use, and and we know common sense tells us a, a guy who uh, the reason you're there is because he's already killed somebody. The reason you're there is because he is a terrorist. The reason you're there is because he is a known murderer. The reason you're there is because whatever, fill in the blank. You react according to the stimuli and the information that you've been given maybe that's really the differentiator in these cases, finding police officers who are able to differentiate what they're actually facing in that moment. The difference between a 75-year-old grandmother and a terrorist slash murderer 
slash baby killer, et cetera, right? You're 100 percent right, Rick. And what you get to then is to the next step. And that is what do we what does the general public after seeing this horrific video in Las Cruces, New Mexico, decide to do when they have a family member? Oh, I'm not calling cop after seeing this. No, you're right. right? You're going to call the police out to say I, they need help. Can you help, can, come and help me? No, why? Unless you want your family member executed. Or especially if, this was. especially if you're Latina or oh Latino gosh. and somebody who already kind of, I want to love the police. I want to respect the police. I love this country. I'm so grateful for everything I have here. But it seems to me like I'm going to be treated maybe a little differently than they might treat somebody else. I don't know. It's just what's what I see on YouTube. I mean. Well, uh, listen, it, it, I can only tell you that there was no way this should have happened. He did everything wrong. I mean, if you talk about find something when it comes to de-escalation that he did right, you can't find it. She, She's having a mental health crisis. And until police officers recognize it just yeah. that very easily, would, you, would he have treated his mother that way? Yes. Would he have treated his grandmother that way? Would he have treated yeah. his seven-year-old child that way? No. There are other answers other than just blowing a civilian away with two shots to center mass. Here's the problem you're going to have. Police officers are going to protect each other. Police officers are not going to say to this guy, my friend, we love you. You're our partner, but you really made a serious mistake and we can't help you here. The prosecutors who supposedly will are supposed to make a decision to do something about this when they look at this video. I guarantee you they're not. Uh, they're going to coalesce forces around the police officers because they kind of work together. I mean, that's I'm sorry. That's just the history of the United States. That's the way the system is designed. So a guy like you, as a defense attorney, comes in and says, look, uh, you got to do something about this. You're, you're really climbing uphill, my friend. And and I'm sure you know that. So Rick, how do I've you done, think? I've been, an, I've been a prosecutor in the past. I've, I've been a, a civil rights lawyer for many years. I've been a criminal defense lawyer for many years. So am I wrong? I'm not quite it. I'm not quite as cynical as you are about our justice system, although I know very many people that feel the same way you do. Um, you may, there, there is some truth, I believe, to what you said. But at the same time, mm -hmm. this video, I get to play this video in front of a jury, at least in a civil courtroom. I'm, I'm, got, I'm getting there. Yeah. Um, and I can assure you that we are going to hold the Las Cruces Police Department at some point accountable. You know, I represented Antonio Valenzuela. Literally two years ago, I had a press conference in Las Cruces, New Mexico, with the Valenzuela family. Um, they had a son who ran from the police and was choked out by a police officer for no good reason. That that police officer is going on trial for murder in, uh, I think it's July or September. Hmm. Um, the city paid $6.5 million um, for that death. Um, we are going to hold them. We're going to continue to hold them responsible until they get it, until they figure it out. Because it's the only way we can, right? We can criminally prosecute and we can civilly hold them accountable. And that's the way we do it in our justice system. But we make it so expensive for them to continue to operate like this, to continue to behave in the manner that is detrimental to the community. They are supposed to protect and serve, Rick. This yeah, is not and protecting and serving. It's not even no. close. And you're right. Uh, this does not mean that all police officers are evil or that police officers no. all want to kill 75-year-old grandmothers. It means that something happened. Maybe he snapped. I don't know what happened with this officer. 
but he was not acting like someone who is out there to protect and serve. Uh, we entrust and them with a badge, Rick. We've got to believe that when we call them because we need their protection or we need their service or we need them to be a community caretaker, that they don't come out and do more harm to the community than what would have happened otherwise. Do you have any sense yet, uh, final question, about uh, what kind of reaction uh, you're getting so far from inside the police department, maybe from inside the prosecutor's office? Any hints? Right now, I know that there's an interagency, you know, the New Mexico State Police. The, there's a different aid, police agencies in the area that do the multi-agency investigation. That is ongoing. I, I think they deserve enough time to get that done and get done yeah. get it done right. But I think the video in itself is overwhelming that you cannot respond like this. And a police officer should be held accountable, I think, both in the criminal justice system. He should be charged with murder because that's what this is, as well as the civil justice system. And for the violation of her civil rights, both in the New Mexico Constitution and the U.S. Constitution. And if that's going to mean anything anymore, this is a perfect case of which a jury can make an example. Sam Bregman, attorney for uh, the family of uh, Amelia Baca, uh, shot and killed in Las Cruces, uh, New Mexico. Uh, thank you, Sam, for sharing uh, with us your perspective on this. And we'll be checking back to see how this goes. Thanks, my friend. Look, for, look forward to it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Check out my podcast. Follow it on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, And stay connected with us right here on YouTube, where you can look for bonus content. And there's nothing like a little attitude. So let's do this. Nolly. It's all about the attitude. The Rick Sanchez Latitude is a production of Agua Media. Created, hosted, and executive produced by Rick Sanchez. You can find a full list of credits in our show notes. Agua.